All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, everybody. Welcome to day 20 of our 21 day challenge, 21 days, all things adults with autism. Just to let you know, we are doing this 21 day challenge in conjunction with our annual 5k. We had to do it a little bit differently this year due to the coronavirus, but um, we still have a virtual race that you can sign up for. It's not too late. We're almost at the end of the challenge, but you can still get in uh, and support by signing up for our 5K. If you're interested in that, you can go to www.runsignup.com and type in Autism Breakthrough in the search engine. It'll pull you right up to our 5K. You'll get an awesome T-shirt, long-sleeved, uh, to go along with that as well. It's, it's really neat. I have mine already. Um, so I'm Kendrice Colbrook. I'm the executive director of Autism Breakthrough, um, and I have the pleasure and the privilege of talking today with Mary Danae Johnson. How are you doing today, Mary? Oh, I'm doing just great, Kendrice. Thanks for, t- for calling. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for agreeing to this. I know you've been uh, around Breakthrough for a very long time. How how long? Well, I suppose um, my biggest involvement was on the board, and yeah. um, that was yeah, that was before we moved over to Nashville. So it had to been before 2014. So somewhere in okay. there between 2010 and 2014. I love that. So we go way back. We go way back. That's awesome. Well, can you tell everybody that's listening a little bit about yourself, um, a little bit about your son and your journey and his journey? Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, he's now 25. And uh, so he's an adult. (laughs) And our family, yeah, and our family consists of myself and my husband, Rick, and our daughter, Mary Margaret, who is soon to be 27, and then Pace. Um, So we have a strong family unit, and I think that's where we derive most of our support, is that we're all on a team and essential to making this whole thing work. Family is most definitely essential. Um, You know, the the best advocates you have are often family members, and that's a lot of our listenership as well. It's it's family members who want to learn more um, about their loved ones with autism um, or autism spectrum disorder, wherever they fall on that spectrum. Um, throughout these 21 days, we have talked about communication. We've talked about resources. We've talked about um, caregiver stress and caregiver support. We've talked about um, you know, ways to utilize occupational therapy and other therapies to to really um, get to understand um, that adult or that young person with autism or older person with autism that they know and love and have that exactly. understanding be exchanged. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, and since it's a lifelong disability, it's great if you have a strong family unit, but the truth is the siblings grow up and move away and, um, should not be expected to be frontline anymore after a point. So all through the course of our son's life, it's been very important to um, 
to cultivate friendships and uh, they're rare. You know, it's rare to find a person who is truly comfortable around a person with autism, no matter where they are on the spectrum, there always seems to be a falling off point. Um, so we have collected um, friends, caregivers, some teachers have retained friendships with us. Um, mm -hmm. We continually seek new people out in the community, especially on um, job sites, you know, work situation is very important. Um, so it's not like, you know, it's not like uh, the family can do it all by any means. Yeah, I have a friend that's in a fraternity and um, one of their mottos, I think, is friendship is essential to the soul. Um, mm -hmm. And keeping those friendships and maintaining those friendships over time is perhaps mm -hmm. the, the most difficult part of making friends. Is keeping them. Um, so what, you know, I've looked at some, some people with autism, some children, and what I noticed um, at about middle school age, um, there's some divergence from friendships mm -hmm. and, and long-term mm -hmm. friends. Um, what, what, what's your advice on that? What, how, how have you guys maintained um, and built those friendships over time, over the course of Pace's life, um, to, to keep them. Yeah, and, and if I'm completely honest, that yeah. is the very hardest um, part of life. It, it's, it's really, and I think a lot of your listeners will relate to this, it's really mainly paid friendships. You know, it's people who you hire, college students or whatever peers, who you hire to to accompany the person um, as much as they can get out in the world, or even mm -hmm. to accompany them during the day at home. Um, I would have to confess that we have zero authentic friendships. Um, we have a lot of people who love us and care about us, but when it comes down to the rubber hitting the road, um, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's going to relate to this. Autism is just so, uh, you know, we just never really know what's around the next corner and we can never count on anything. And even if you have a long period of peaceful, calm, um, really well behavior, um, you're every once in a while, you're going to get this shocking um, spurt or this shocking uh, impulse that comes out that, that makes people afraid, you know, and, and it shakes their confidence to be able to deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. So um, we do rely on trained people and rely on people who are just have big hearts and are brave or else are physically large. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. Um, it, as much and as enchanting as our children can be and as lovely and, and big hearted and wonderful. It's, it's that sensory issue that often gets in the way or just the anxiety is so great and it's unexpected. It can come at such a strange time that people will just feel, wow, you know, I don't think I can take him out for a hamburger. Sorry. Because you know? yeah. we're just not sure how that, how it's going to go. But yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, that's just a fact of life. You know, yeah. and so that's why a, a place like Autism Breakthrough is so golden and important because you have a community that understands autism. And right there, I mean, the fact, well, yeah, and the fact that Autism Breakthrough chose to 
to not open it to other disabilities, I think is a real strength because there's nothing like autism. <laughs> it isn't, it isn't. I have to, I have to put an asterisk there. We do specialize in autism. We don't discriminate. Um, we will accept people who have intellectual and developmental disabilities that we can um, apply our specialty to. Um, oh, we that's do good. Well, that's, foremost. yeah, okay. That's probably yeah. been since I left. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really great. Yeah. yeah, but I but the fact that you specialize and that you know your focus, Absolutely. I mean, because it's usually the other way around. It's usually um, institutions and and um, places who've been dealing with, uh, especially intellectual disability or Down syndrome, they have become very well versed about those disabilities and, mm-hmm. and able to handle that really well. And then they invite people with autism and are so surprised that it doesn't that the template doesn't yeah. work. You know what? I I found out as I've been learning a little bit more about Breakthrough and its history um, and the climate around autism in East Tennessee and in Knoxville, you know, the past 30 years, some of the organizations that are similar to ours would not accept um, adults with autism. They wouldn't take them. They said, oh, we can't serve them. You're out of luck. Sorry. And I said, oh, my God. Well, you know, exactly. And the rate, yeah. It's, it's well, the staffing ratio, staff. I think, yeah. Yeah, go for it. It's the staff, staffing ratio that's so difficult for people to understand. You know, they just can't believe that you can't put 22 people under the supervision of one person. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. And luckily, you know, some of the laws have, have changed um, to make that not um, financially um, beneficial for organizations to do that. Um, mm-hmm. which is awesome, yeah. and, and they're getting, you know, more community-based supports um, because you're right, it doesn't make sense, and it's it's not a quality service to put someone in a room with, with 21 mm-hmm. other people uh, and one staff person to meet all of their needs. It's impossible to mm-hmm. have that happen. So It's kind of dangerous, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're taking someone, uh, helping them get something to eat and make a snack, and there's another issue going on, and you can't address that. Um, but when you talk about friends, when you talk about making friends, and even mm-hmm. them being um, paid support, how has that or has that changed over time from, um, you know, that transition into adulthood? Because your first friends are, you know, the people, your cousins, your family, um, and then the people you meet at school, your classmates, your teachers, um, your teacher's assistants or aides. Um, then what happens? Exactly. No, it's it's really interesting because it's the same principle as with a typically developing person. Um, you want to find some kind of job where they feel comfortable and where they feel purposeful and like they're really doing something. And so marrying that, that making that relationship is, is actually deeply satisfying. Um, I think even more satisfying than the childhood friendships. That like you might have had one kid who was willing to come over and play for a while um, under supervision and all that, and and the person is never really independent as a child when when they're under supervision, you know, in a play situation. Mm-hmm. But in a work situation, um, whatever level you can achieve, it could be the most fundamental. It might be one hour every two weeks, you know. But that one hour, um, the the person, you know, like we found that pace 
his little job that he had before COVID um, really fed his soul. You know, it, it fed his feeling of self-worth and um, just his mastery of like, I can walk into a building. I can sign my name on the sign-in sheet. I can put on my badge. I know where to go. I have my work set out for me. I know how to do it. I know how long it's going to take. And I know where the treat drawer is. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, if you think about that, and then, you know, uh, one of the great things about autism is they, they perseverate. You know, they obsess about things. So if he's had a good situation, he can revisit that in his mind as, as clear and fresh as when it first happened. And you just see him think about something and get all giddy about it and excited. And you know, yeah, he's thinking about that time he succeeded. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they celebrate it. Yeah, for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I love that you mentioned work. Um, I love yeah. working with people who are working. That's actually what my background is in. Um, helping right. people who have disabilities or who acquire disabilities get back into the world of work um, and get through and navigate um, what that is and what that does for their life um, over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those friends at work, those coworkers, knowing that someone is expecting something of you for a certain time yes. period and you get this reward and a treat of a treat drawer um, <laughs> at the end of the day or at the end of the work time. Um, that does a lot. And you can and you can really um, exploit, you know, the the parts of autism that are like the OCD parts, like the the routine and and just the the schedule and um, you know once you set something up uh, successfully and the person understands what the job is, they will never deviate. They will never like yawn and stretch and take a walk. No, they will do exactly what you taught them to do every time. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. really a wonderful quality in a worker, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell people all the time, can you please find someone with autism so I can interview them and talk to them <laughs> and get them on this job? Because I think they would do a lot better than some neurotypical people. And you're starting to see that um, uh, you used the term in your book, exploiting strengths. Right. You mm-hmm. you start. To, yeah. We're starting to see some of that exploitation of strengths in careers yeah. um, right. for adults with autism. And, you know, I tell you, I've placed welders, engineers, um, baggers, uh, insurance agents, you name it. Um, but that particular skill, that particular disposition um, oftentimes makes certain individuals excellent employees. Um, and excellent taskmasters as well. Um, So, Kendrice, I have a question for you, though. (laughs) Okay, that's all great. And that's that's all the positive part of it. But what do you do with, you know, very often our adults, you know, long into old age will do like socially unacceptable behaviors like picking their nose or, you know, stretching so that they show their stomach and they don't care or their pants sag down or whatever. I mean, how do you deal with people's perception of a, of a person with autism coming on the job and maybe mm-hmm. doing a thing or two. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Well, you, you educate them um, first and foremost, and maybe even on the back end, um, some education has to take place there. So we do um, a disability etiquette course um, for some places of employment 
uh, when we play someone because we recognize that the culture isn't what it should be. Um, yeah. And it is not yeah. as, as accepting as we would like it to be for who we place at that particular job. Um, and we get with the management, we get with the HR and we say, hey, we want to make you aware of this um, so that you know how to respond when something happens. Um, yeah. And all of that is done, you know, with the permission of the individual that we're placing. Um, and sometimes they they lead the discussion. They they can say um, or they can, you know, push play or do pre-record, whatever the case may be. Hey, when I'm pulling my hair, I need to take a break, but I may not be able to say it in that moment because I'm focused oh. on finishing. You know what that's I mean? Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's you great. Pulling hair, can you offer me a break? <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And and we have what's called a job retention specialist. So the job yeah. retention specialist is the person that will go um, twice a month and make contact twice a month with an employer and with the person that we are supporting um, in their job to say, hey, how are things going? Is there anything new we need to come in and help train on, maybe spend some more time with? Um, are there any issues that we need to address? And we can send the staff out there just to hang out, um, hanging out with a purpose. I say hang out, but to spend some quality time figuring out, you know, what are some of the barriers and how do we address those? And then on the other end, sometimes it's teaching skills, sometimes it's teaching um, phrase words or um, mm -hmm. adaptive measures um, or programming things into a Dynavox to say, I'm tired, I need to stop. Or I'm aggravated, <laughs> right, right. I move. Um, this person is getting on my nerves and, you know, mm -hmm. it's causing me to have issues. Um, and so just figuring out what those things are, um, we can usually work out any issues. If, if the management knows what's going on um, and if that person that's working um, is willing to maybe make a few adjustments here or there, because we've, we've had, um, you know, you were saying picking your nose. It, it made me think of something. I, I, we placed someone in a parts place, fishing parts. Um, and, you know, they have to be sanitized and, you know, ready to go. Uh, but there was this nose picking issue. And um, yeah. <laughs> the manager called us and said, hey, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't know what to say. I know what I would say to <laughs> anybody else, but I, I just mm -hmm. don't know. And I said, well, let's talk it through. And we will help you in that situation because we still want you to deliver that correction, but we will support you in doing that. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. what we do. I mean, you know, co-working. Oh, There's a, actually funding for this now. Um, uh, it's something called co-worker support. So we can pay or this program can pay a co-worker to be their go-to person. So oh, instead wow. of having that's a strong. there, yeah, there's yeah, somebody yeah. that can already be there working their shift, you know, just naturally in that environment. And even without the paid coworker supports, we try to help establish those natural supports as well. Yeah. And say, hey, you know, Betty Lou, um, this is my friend here. He's going to be working your shift. Do you mind helping him out on occasion? Um, and so we do that. We, we try to build those friendships. And keep them over yeah. time um, and just check in. When that retention specialist goes, hey, Betty Lou, how's it been going? You see anything we need to talk <laughs> about or work on? Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
so. that is so strong. And, and that's authentic, you know, that's a real relationship. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Now yeah. you wrote oh, a book or two, right? How many books have you um, read? A few. Well, <laughs> I kind of patterned, yeah, I patterned my life uh, in a parallel line with Pace's. So when he was uh, getting ready to go to school, I wrote a book about getting ready for preschool. That was more mm-hmm. of a workbook and very pragmatic and it had picture symbols in it and Velcro and all that old stuff we used to do before we had iPads. And so <laughs> um, we had that. And then when he got to kindergarten, um, we were in Knoxville and he had a wonderful kindergarten teacher at Rocky Hill um, her name was Sherry Corden. Some people may remember her. She's retired now, but she's an uh, absolute genius. And so I asked her if I could just take her to supper every Wednesday night for as long as it took and interview her. And yeah. like, why, why are you successful? Because it was a fully inclusive classroom. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was really, really strong. And so we did, and we came up with the book Beyond Words, which is about a, a, a person a child with autism's introduction to a regular kindergarten and that went all over the world I mean people just ate that up because it gave them faith and hope Mm -hmm. that their child who looked so um square peg in the round hole you know gave them hope that and grandparents loved it too because it also gave them an idea of what families were up against you know if the child was attempting to be included it was a really strong book and it it really helped a lot of people um and then i started speaking and presenting at workshops and uh, really just sharing about things i'd learned about resiliency and how to be a you know how to survive as a parent or a teacher or a clinician um, mm-hmm. it was, it was a very broad based program that really was good for anybody. Uh, so that, that was what I continued to do. And then I finally, the last book I wrote was, um, how not to lose your marbles. And it was basically <laughs> like how to, how to, how to keep control of, of your mind, you know, through all these challenges. Um, and I guess, you know, I guess I had a few things to say, but mainly I'm still working on that. Um, yeah, so the the idea that you have a child with such extreme needs and so many challenges and and things to learn and it never ends you know we're still there um mm-hmm. you have to early on you have to kind of establish like how am i going to survive this you know not only yeah. am i how am i going to make his life successful but how am i going to survive because it, i'm in it till i die you know, and uh, uh, practice radical self-care. Exactly. (laughs) It's not selfish. Self-care is not selfish. And actually my daughter taught me that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been actually a rich experience of uncovering kind of all my strengths too. And Mm. so now um, that Pace is, is an adult and, and the focus is very different. Um, I've started playwriting, I've, you know, which is something that I always wanted to do. So for the past eight or so years, I've been writing plays and lo and behold, it's going well. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Good. And, yeah. 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 So, um, and, and Pace sees me working because I write at home and he sees me working. Mm-hmm. He sees me on the phone with my bosses, you know, and he sees me um, disciplined and having a schedule and all that stuff. And, and, 
it looks good to him, you know, so we, we all have our schedules and we all have our visual supports and just, you know, okay. it's, it's fairly peaceful almost every day. We're pretty well established what adulthood is looking like. That's cool. Can we expect a book about adulthood after a while? <laughs> I don't know, people are probably sick of hearing from me. <laughs> well, he's sneaking into a lot of my plays. I'll put it that way. Okay, okay. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So for our listeners here today, well, before we do that, um, is there anything else you would like to share with us? Yeah, just the empathy that I have for everyone. Um, you know, it's it's really shocking how little some of us have, you know, we don't have necessarily have family support beyond the first, you know, the the unit that's in the house. Um there's still there's still work to be done in the world, you know, um as far as people being truly upset accepting. Um yeah. and I think I think you know, the, the support that you get like at school and you have this natural community, this natural village of people who you see every day, I mean, both teachers and other parents and all that, you know, that definitely falls away once, once your person has aged out of the school system. Mm-hmm. And I think just any way you can find, um, and I think, you know, Facebook is probably serving that need now to a great de- and I'm very excited and encouraged by the by the love and the support and the sharing and the honesty that I actually see on Facebook you know with yeah. fellow parents it's it's a great gift um so I guess the thing is just have courage and just continue to make plans and 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 project out and never lose faith I mean this person is not going to stop growing and learning things um, it may slow down, it may speed up, you know, um, and just one thing, and, and, and one thing that I really had to learn, never discount a therapy, never say, oh, that's not for me, that's not going to work, you know, I had a real prejudice against, uh, I don't even want to say it, because people will judge me, but I had a hard time understanding how ABA therapy was going to be a good experience for a tiny child. You know, I thought this is going to be a really terrible, like torture, you know, for a little kid. So I discounted it. I said, no, that's not for us, you know, not for us. And we did a lot of other therapies that really did work. And, you know, it was much more enjoyable and worked really with natural life more, I felt. Yes. Um, Well, here we are. We're doing ABA now. And (laughs) he's 25 and it's working beautifully because it's okay. data driven. And I had mm. never I had never realized the importance of data and how truth will emerge and how um sudden like you you'll suddenly understand why something mm. is happening because you see you see all the mm. things that contribute to it or surround it or keep happening, you know, that you really <laughs> didn't notice until you kept strict data. Yeah. So I have to say that that's been a really strong and important thing for me to embrace and understand that you never, never discount the importance of something. Just always learn about it and see if maybe it'll fit. And if it does, yeah. yay, hallelujah, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that is awesome. That is definitely a very, very powerful message. Um, and one for um, all advocates um, of adults with autism or adults on the autism spectrum. Um, have that empathy. Um, if you have a relative, um, I'm a, a godmom um, of, a, of a kid with, with autism. And you know what? I think you inspired me. I need to do more. I need to say, hey, can I hang out with them today? Um, because that mom might be that great, you know? And, That's and, uh, really sweet. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, how do people welcome. get in touch with you? How do people learn more about your books, your videos, your plays? Oh, that's so nice. Yes, I would miss that all. Um, so I guess the best way is probably my email now. Um, it's Mary like Christmas, so M-E-R-R-Y, and then mm-hmm. Pace, like my son's name, P is in Peter, A-C-E, and then Press, like the printing press. So it's Mary Pace Press at Mac, like the computer, dot com. All right. All right. You heard and it that's here. Definitely a way. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear from people. And I, and I, I really celebrate and rejoice in, in all the strength I see in my peers who were with us in Knoxville, you know, um, the 14 years we were there. Pace was definitely growing up in those years. And I'm so thankful for all the things and all the therapies and all the people we knew back there. Awesome. We are thankful for you for making such an awesome contribution to the literature and to the culture. Got to do it for the culture. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you're wonderful. And I'm very, very excited about your role at Autism Breakthrough. And I know that you're just creating wonderful, wonderful new programs and lots of success there for for everybody. I appreciate that very much. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, folks, okay. you heard it here. Um, Mary Donation. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't forget, this um, walk and talk is done in conjunction with our virtual 5K. You can sign up for that at www.runsignup.com uh, and type in Autism Breakthrough into the search engine. Tomorrow, the finale. We will have day 21, the last day of our challenge, and I want to hear from you guys. So call in live at 9 a.m. in two minutes or less. I want you to say, I am celebrating, let's use Pace for an example. I am celebrating Mm -hmm. Pace because he is an amazing son um, to Mary and her family, and he is making an amazing contribution to the world of work uh, and soon to be theater, right? (laughs) <laughs> maybe <laughs> all right all right yeah um, so thank, thank you. you so much and we will see you all tomorrow oh thank you Kendrice.